white supremacists just had a big rally this weekend in Washington, D.C., uh, and this to celebrate, I guess, in some weird fashion, the one-year anniversary of their rally and march in Charleston, which ultimately resulted in death. Have you ever just wondered, where is love? What's happened to love? Today's Monday, August the 13th, 2018, and you're listening to the first episode of Emerging Daily. This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Where is love? Where are the people who claim to be following God, following Christ, following Krishna, following Muhammad, or or even Buddha, or, or whomever? These people who claim to be followers of such great world religions, and yet they're screaming words of hate to each other. Where where is love? How can how can any of us claim to be a follower of, of God and have such bigotry amongst us. How can we do that when every every religion and every true uh, perennial philosophy clearly states that love is of God and God is love? I mean, every one of them, in some form or another, makes that statement, makes that claim that God or or Allah or uh, whatever name you want to give the divine, that the best and most perfect way to describe and, and to put into words what that is, that divine essence, the divine entity is, is love. And love is not what we look out and see in these days. Joel Goldsmith who was a 20, a 20th century Christian mystic, uh, wrote many books, and he wrote a lot of essays. In his essay called Love, he says this, Love not only is God, but love is of God, and it manifests itself to us through man. It might be better said that love, which is God, manifests itself as man, for love is the offspring of God even as man is. So, God is love. We are the offspring of God. Paul says this in the book of Acts in the New Testament. We are the offspring of God. So, if God is love, and we are the offspring of God, what does that make us? What should that make us? We should embody love. We should be love. Every one of us. I mean, not just those of us who claim to follow God. I'm going to tell you, that love is there within each one of us, even if we don't want to admit it. There is love there. 
but because we have we have allowed desire to overwhelm everything else selfish desire a desire to fulfill me to fulfill my needs my wants that desire and believe it or not that desire is actually from god desire itself is from god and and you know sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that um kabbalah which is some people would say is a a a mystical judaism uh teaches that in the beginning whatever that is that god created desire uh even within itself because they they don't give god a a masculine or feminine name or or pronoun so they say it created desire within itself to give to bestow and in order to do that it also had to create desire to receive in a vessel to receive that desire to receive came from god and really it fulfilled god because god could not give unless there was something to receive what it was giving and so this desire within us is from god but it's not a perfect desire because it's not exactly like god's you see and and, and genesis tells us you know we were created in the image of god and so this purpose of this life is to is to allow that desire to become godlike you might say to be as god what does that mean for that desire to receive within each one of us and you have it and you might as well admit it you do you want to receive i mean every one of us does from a baby we want to receive we want to have our needs met no matter what the cost to anybody else we want our needs met and you do and i do but for that desire to become perfected to become holy is for it to be changed and transformed in the twinkling of an eye as it were from one realm of glory to another from glory to glory through this walk of life for that desire to be changed into the image of god which would make it a desire to receive in order to bestow, in order to give. But see, right now, it's just a big black hole within every one of us. The gimme, gimme, gimme. I won't, I won't, I won't. And it's a love, but it's a love that's self-directed. It's a love and a desire to receive from myself alone or from my family alone or from my uh, group alone, for my nation alone, my nation not your nation. I'm not worried about your nation. All I care about is me and mine. And there's nothing godly about it. Not one thing other than that desire did come from God to receive. But there again, it has to be redirected to become like God. And that's, that's again, like I said, that's what one way of looking at the purpose of life is for that desire to be changed. Um, Deepak Chopra, one of my favorite authors, in his book, The Path to Love, says this, The direct experience of spirit is the only lasting foundation for love. The direct experience of spirit is the only lasting foundation for love. And then he says, When you perceive yourself as spirit, you will not simply feel love, 
you will be love. And so we have to wonder, what exactly is love? It is this giving nature. It's this desire to see others fulfilled, even as I am fulfilled. Because God wanted to be fulfilled. And in order for God to be fulfilled, once that desire within him was created to give, it could not be, he could not, it could not be fulfilled until there was the one to receive. So what is love? Love is nothing if it's not given. If it is not given away, it isn't love. It isn't, it is not love. So love has to be given. And so in looking out on the world, See, that should change our perspective because what we see is really a reflection of what we are. And so if I look out into the world and I see just a bunch of heathen and a bunch of uh, godless people that have no love, then maybe there's something in me that needs to change. Maybe there's something in me that is godless. Maybe there's something in me that is just not right. Because if I look out in the world and I don't see love, that means I'm not giving love. Are you hearing me? If I'm looking out in the world and I do not see love, then that is my fault. That is my responsibility. And listen, friend, that is your responsibility. If you're looking out in the world and you're saying, where is the love? Then turn that finger right back around and let it point at you. Because if there's no love there in the world, it's because you're not expressing that love. You're not sharing that love. You're not giving that love. Let me read you again what Joel Goldsmith said. It might better be said that love, which is God, manifests itself as man, for love is the offspring of God, even as man is. Love not only is God, but love is of God and manifests itself to us through man, through you and through me. How is God going to manifest? Love is going to do it through you and through me. So if we look and see no love, whose fault is that? Can we blame God? No, it's our fault. It, uh, it is us. It's our responsibility to be love, to be love, not just to desire love, but to give love, to be love in flesh, to allow God to express itself through us. Kabbalah also says there's a point in the heart. There's this, there's this place within each, each of us that's God. And we are all expressions of that. And the only way this world will ever be filled, as the Bible says, with the glory of God is as we show forth that glory. Well, what does glory mean? It comes in the Greek, it comes from the word doxa, which basically is this. It's that you can see the nature through the glory and you can see it's a reflection. And so the glory of God is that which reflects God's nature. So if the earth is going to be filled with the glory of God, it's going to be filled with the nature of God. Well, where is that nature? It's embodied within us, within you and within me. And I don't care what religion you are. It's still there. It's in you. You wouldn't have life if God didn't inhabit you. God is life. God is love. If you have any love and if you've ever felt any love from anybody or for anybody, let me tell you something. There's nowhere that that comes from except from God. Now, it's a different part of it, a different perspective, a different way of, of uh, receiving and, and perceiving and expressing. 
But it's still love and it's still God. Are you hearing me? Like I said a while ago, the desire even to receive is from God. So if you've ever felt that, that's God. It was placed there by God. But we have to allow what is in us to express itself. We have to share it. We have to give it. We have to say it. Not just say it, but walk it. Too many people do a whole lot of talking and not much walking. Let me read you something from a book called God is a Verb. I love that. And the subtitle, Kabbalah and the Practice of Mystical Judaism. This is by Rabbi David A. Cooper. Now, let me share with you what he says. Now, he's talking about the sharing, loving kindness. And then uh, in Hebrew, it's chasid is the word. It's C-H-E-S-E-D, chasid. It's, it's sort of equivalent in a sense to the Greek word agape, which many of you may be familiar with. But it's translated as loving kindness most of the time in, in what uh, the Jewish Bible or the Torah uh, and the prophets, the Psalms. When it's translated into English, many times they use the word loving kindness. And so he says this, the mystical approach to each act of loving kindness is that it is the binding force that holds the world together. I'm going to say that again. The mystical approach to each act of loving kindness is that it is the binding force that holds the world together. He goes on and says, it is said and he's quoting from the Zohar here. Sometimes it happens that the world is exactly balanced between people whose good deeds bring life and whose good and whose evil deeds bring death. Then one righteous person can turn the scale and the world is saved. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? One righteous person can flip the scale. He goes on and, and says the Zohar goes one step further and asserts that, quoting from the Zohar again, a person should always imagine that the fate of the whole world depends upon his or her actions. Probably you've heard the term, what would Jesus do? Because we see Jesus as that one righteous person who saved the world. But let me tell you something. He said that not only the things that he did would we do, but greater things. And he was speaking to each one of us, not just to his disciples at the time. He was speaking to us now. That what he did, we should do. As he is, we are told. So are we in this world. And so, yeah, there was a saving that took place. But if you look in the book, I believe, uh, the book of Obadiah, a big book, let me tell you, one chapter, 21 verses. And I've got more notes on that book than probably just about any other book <laughs> in my Bible because it's just full of symbolism. And if you'll if you'll begin to look when you do if you study the the Bible, and you'll begin to understand that it's symbolic that the names represent uh, natures and and characters and and um, ways of being and and different things. But he says this in the in the very last verse, verse twenty one of Obadiah, and this book is right before Jonah, right after Amos. Like I said, one chapter, verse twenty one, the last verse says, "In Savior's plural." saviors, plural, shall come upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. There's a whole lot in that one verse, and I'm going to tell you something. A preacher that really knows what they're doing could preach for days on that one verse. I could and I would, but we don't have time for it today. But let me just tell you, we are 
put here for the same purpose that Jesus himself was put here. And you may say, oh, that's blasphemous. No, Jesus himself said it. He said, as my father has sent me, even so send I you. So we've all been put here for this purpose, to allow God to express itself through us. And what is God but love? God is love. If you look out and you don't see love somewhere, then put love there. Give love there. Show love there. Express love. Because that's why we're here. I'll read you one more thing. Thick Not Han, in his book, Going Home, Jesus and Buddha as Brothers, says this. Unless you know how to love your neighbor, you cannot love God. Before placing an offering on the altar of God, you have to reconcile with your neighbor. Reconciling with your neighbor is to reconcile with God. It means that you can only touch God through its creatures. You will not understand what is love, the love of God, unless you practice the love of humanity. You will not understand the love of God unless you practice the love of humanity. Now we're going to talk about this more throughout the week. What is love? What does it mean to love? Because many times I've said it, you've said it, we've heard other people say it. I love you. What do they mean when they say that? Or are they just saying it to hear themselves talk, to flap their mouth? That's usually what it is. You know, they want, they're wanting to have some kind of a, a one-sided relationship usually where they're wanting something from you. So they're saying, I love you. But really, when it comes down to it, they're not willing to do anything. See, love is sacrificial. If love is anything, it's about giving. Giving is sacrificial. And we'll talk about that. We're going to get into this throughout the week. So don't get scared. I'm not going to sit here and just preach. We're going to go through some things, and we're going to, we're going to question some things. And I want you to send your comments and questions. Send them to EmergeNashville at gmail.com. And tell your friends, tell your family to, to listen to this podcast because we're going to get into some things. You know, there were a, a large group of people in this nation that put somebody in the White House who shows nothing of love in his actions. And yet these people that the large group of people that put him there claim to be followers of Christ. And yet they put this in there. And, you know, you may think, well, is this getting political? How can you be in this atmosphere that we're in in this day and not be somewhat political? Jesus himself was even political to an point. Paul was political. They talked about what was happening in their world, in their life. And if we're going to talk about love and we're going to talk about the what love is and how it expresses, we've got to talk about how we, if we claim to be followers of anything of God, how we should allow that to affect every area of our life, including how we vote, including how we uh, conduct business, including all these things, how we relate to each other. And this is all encapsulated in that. And like I said, don't be scared. Listen, because I'm not claiming to be somebody who knows everything, and I'm walking in this walk just like you are. I'm trying to learn how to walk in love just like everybody else. But at least I'm willing to talk about it, willing to question, and willing to share what I have learned because it hadn't been easy. I've been knocked down at times, and there's times I've even tripped over my own feet and fell flat on my face because of my own mistakes. But where were the people that said they loved me? Most of them left. Most of them weren't around. There were a handful of people 
that, that really did love me, that really did stick with me, that really have helped me get back up and stand, and they've allowed the love of God to show forth through them. But, you know, I'm, tell, I'm talking from experience here, people. And I hope that together we can begin to emerge into a, a walk of love that will change our state, our, our, our cities, our states, our nation, and change the world. So please, please listen tomorrow, and I thank you. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com, and please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org, or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.